Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Welcome back to church. Today, we are closing out our Hope in the Dark series. And I hope it's been an encouragement for you like it has been for me. It's been this reminder that even on those days where I don't get it right, even when those days that I feel like the pain can be overwhelming, that that just everything that's going on around me, it feels overwhelming. Going back to some of these messages and the truths that we we see in it, it's almost like this compass that brings me back to the light, right? That it just, it kind of leads me away from those dark places and those places of struggle and, and gives me something to really hold on to. And as we were preparing for this message and, and getting ready to close out this series, I was really thinking about where we all are because we're all in a pretty similar situation. And there's a common thread that we actually all deal with regardless of whether you're dealing with fear of of the future, fear of what's going on, fear of COVID, fear of the election, fear of whatever in the world it is that you're afraid of, your anxiety, whether you're dealing with anxiety from everything that's happening, if you're walking through grief, if you're, man, if you're just struggling and you just feel overwhelmed by life and all that you have to do, there's a common thread in all of it that you and I deal with. And it's what we're actually gonna talk about today. That common thread is uncertainty. Whether you're dealing with fear, anxiety, grief, pain, struggle, overwhelming situations, what is the foundation of all of those things? It's uncertainty. Uncertainty of of how it's going to play out. Uncertainty that there's going to be a breakthrough. Uncertainty of how you're going to pay that bill. Uncertainty of what the future holds. Uncertainty of, of, am I going to be able to stay healthy? Am I going to be able to care for my family? Uncertainty of, of whether you have what it takes to make it through what you're going through. And that uncertainty drives you. And it, it just causes all this chaos in your mind and, and in your heart and in your life. And the truth is, none of us deal with uncertainty really well. Like, it's, it's hard for all of us, except for that one friend that we have that, like, they have three months to do a project at work, and they just wait to the last four days to get it done, and they pull four all-nighters, and they don't sleep, and they live off of Red Bull and Hot Pockets. And you're like, well why did you do this to yourself? Like you had three months to do this. Why did you wait to the last second? Why did you do that to yourself? And it's almost as if the chaos kind of creates clarity for them. But for most of us, chaos just creates chaos, right? It, it just creates this, this anxiousness, this tension, this uncertainty that we just don't want to deal with. We don't want to live in uncertainty. And the truth is that we're going to be talking about today is that there is someone who deals incredibly well with uncertainty. And it's our Heavenly Father. And I know what you're thinking. That is the most Sunday school answer. Like, congratulations, Pastor. God deals with uncertainty well. But no, no, no. Like, honestly, just just hear me out for a second. God 
his favorite situations to deal with are the ones that are uncertain because it proves how in control he actually is. And it also proves how little control we can actually handle. God's favorite moments are these moments of uncertainty. It's almost the the moments that he loves the most because he gets to flex his muscles. He gets to prove his faithfulness. He gets to show us how in control he can be and how valuable he is to our life. But it also proves to us, which is beneficial to him, it proves to both he and I that like, I'm really not all that capable of handling control, right? Like we, we, we think we can handle all these things in our lives and if we can just put our hands on it, we control it ourselves. More times than not, we get ourselves in trouble and God's like, hey, these are the moments that I thrive if you give me the chance. And some of you, that's kind of hard to deal with because you're, you're thinking, but I've tried to let God have control. Like I, I prayed about this and, and nothing changed. I prayed and, and I thought God would respond by doing blank, but he didn't. I, I, I just, I trusted God and, and I just don't, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. It looked different and, and sure it was good, but man, it's still, it was still uncertain. And I kind of got some answers, but not all of them. And, and we just struggle with this. We expect God to just answer our prayers and just drop peace into our lives. But the truth is that God wants us to pray until the peace comes. Prayer is not this just like Hail Mary up to God. Like I, I hope, I hope that you will just, you'll hear this one prayer that you'll just change my world, that you'll change this situation. It's not this just, oh, I just hope he, he hears me. God wants us to to pray until the peace comes. It's not a one-time deal of, man, I'm struggling with this. God, I really hope that you help me with this. Give me clarity. Give me wisdom. Just fix this situation. Amen. All right. Come on. Do, do, I, I prayed. Do something. Prayer doesn't actually work that way. The reality is prayer isn't actually to change our situation. Like, wait, 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 what? I'll get to that in a second. Prayer, prayer isn't actually to change the heart of God. Some, some of us, we pray to God and it's like we're trying to convince him to care for us. We're trying to convince him to understand how this is hurting us. We're, we're trying to convince him like, hey, you, you know, like if you did this, it would actually make my life better. We're, we're trying to change the heart of God, but God's heart is always perfect. His heart is always for us. Prayer isn't to change his heart or to change his mind to do things our way. Change, prayer actually changes our position in the conversation. Prayer changes our position in the conversation because what happens so many times is for you and I, we pray these prayers as if God is this distant God that's sitting way up in heaven in his throne and we're going, hey, distant God, way up there, would you please come and swoop down into my life, swoop down and change the situation. God, like way over there, would you come and help me out? But when we actually pray, until the peace comes, when we actually lean into what prayer actually is, 
We realize that we're not praying to this distant God that we're hoping that will just show up. We recognize that our position is actually right next to God. That we're not going, hey, God, would you show up? We're turning to him and saying, hey, God, I know you've got skin in the game. I know you're right here with me in this. God, I I know you're not going to change this outside piece, but God, is there something that that you need to change in me? God, I want to pray until the peace comes. It changes our position when we do that. When it's not just this one-off prayer of, okay, God, I prayed, now it's your turn to do something. But we pray until the peace comes. It changes our position in the conversation. And the Apostle Paul in his writings, he, he totally understood this. And, and he was communicating this to us in, in one of the famous passages of Scripture in Philippians 4. But before we get there, I just want to make sure you have some context around this verse because we read these words and, and it's easy for us to just ignore them. But when you have the context, it, it really helps just put into perspective what Paul was writing. And, and just a reminder, this, this letter, the book of Philippians, is actually a letter to the church in Philippi. And in some research, you realize that, that this is actually the first church in Europe. And that's just fascinating to me that what Paul's job was like Paul would go and he would travel to these just different places all over the place in Europe and Rome and and all over the areas surrounding Israel. And he would go to these people who were religious. They believed in different gods and believed in all kinds of different things. And he would go and he'll go, wait, wait, wait. I know you believe in that. But let me tell you about this Jewish guy who was actually born. And he was he was the son of God. And he grew up and he did all these incredible miracles. And, and he's actually the Messiah. He was the savior of the world. And he came and and people didn't really not everyone liked him and, and they actually murdered him. But three days later, he came back to life and he shared with, with his disciples even more before he, he ascended back into heaven. And he was so incredible at telling this story that people who believe different things would go, wait, what? That's incredible. I want to follow him. Just think about how fascinating that period of time had to be with Paul going around and sharing this with people. But not everyone loved this because you see what Paul was doing is is he was telling these people, hey, the God of Israel, you can actually be in a relationship with him. Like the, the God that the Jewish people worship, like you can be in relationship with him. But here's the kicker. Like, you know how the Jews follow all these laws? Well, when Jesus came, he kind of fulfilled all of them. And you don't have to live out those same things that the Jewish people do. You're just invited into this new relationship with Jesus. And the Jewish religious leaders were not about that. They were not cool with Paul going around and telling people. It's where you see this word in the Bible called Gentiles. It's, it's people who weren't Jewish. It's us. It's, it's you and I. Paul was sent to us to share the good news about Jesus. And so the Jewish people wanted him dead and they tried to kill him. And eventually he was arrested and, and brought to a Roman prison. And, and he was preparing for his death, knowing that that he was going to die. So as he pens these words, I want you to understand 
that he's not pinning it from some royal palace somewhere. He's pinning these words through a lifetime of struggle, of pain, of anxiety, of grief, of just struggle and fight. So let's listen to these words. Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love the Passion Translation. I want to share it with you as well. In verse four, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make answers known to you through Jesus Christ. And some of you hear that verse and you've heard it before and and maybe a a well-intentioned Christian has said it to you. Oh, no, no, we have to rejoice in the Lord. And you think, bro, you don't know my life. You don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm walking through. How could you possibly want me to rejoice in what I'm dealing with? How could I find joy in what's happening in my life right now? How how can I find this peace? How could you possibly say, don't be anxious? Don't be worried. You don't know my story. For some of you, you, you read those words and you're like, man, I'm out. You don't understand. And Paul, Paul would say to you, listen, I want you to celebrate every season with joy. Why? What does that even mean? Joy, meaning this, this certainty that God is in control of the details. Joy being that willingness to worship and give the praise to God that he deserves, even when the situation doesn't feel like he deserves it. And we push back and we're like, but how could you say, don't be anxious, don't worry, just rejoice in these situations. Do you, you don't understand. And Paul would go, no, 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 bro. You wanna compare stories? My life was to go and do things and spread the name of Jesus. And I was beaten. I was whipped. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. I was snake bitten. I was abused. I was hated. I was cursed. I was kicked out. I was thrown into prison more times than I feel like even going into right now. I went through hell on earth to do something and I easily could have gone, God, this is for you. Shouldn't it be easier? But you know what I learned through all of this? That I can rejoice in the Lord, that I don't have to be anxious for anything. Why? Why could I say that? This is what Paul would say to us. Why? Why would I say that? Because you are united with Jesus. In other words, what more could you want 
Yes, life might be tough right now. Yes, what, what Paul went through in his life, man, his, his story is just a comedy of disasters. He would go one direction trying to do something for God and his, his ship would blow up and he'd end up on an island and he's bit by a snake. And, this, and then all of a sudden God turned it out for something great. And then he'd get on another ship trying to go somewhere else and, and that ship would blow up. And it's like, good Lord, this man went through so much just trying to do what he felt like God was wanting him to do. His life was not the picture of ease and comfort and laid up in a hammock getting grapes talking about Jesus. His life was brutal. And he writes these words because he goes, what more could you want? We're united in a relationship with the God of all creation. He goes on in verse five. He says, let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. Have you ever noticed that when you're going through a really trying season, one of the first things to go is how you treat people? One of the first things that happens is that we actually we kind of start treating people poorly. And, and most of the time we just treat the people closest to us poorly because we're, we're stressed out and we're overwhelmed. We're freaking out. We're, we're dealing with grief or whatever it is that you're walking through. And, and we, a lot of times we take it out on the people closest to us. But sometimes it, it, we don't even take it out on them. We'll take it out on anybody. Like somebody needs to hold my anger for a minute, right? It, maybe you haven't been there, but I know I have been. I, I, I know the weeks leading up to, to dad's funeral, we, we flew out to New Orleans and man, we ran into some really rude people on some flights and and it was just weird. I, I guess everybody's just riled up and hadn't been out the house. And so they didn't know how to act. And But I almost felt like the Lord was protecting people from me because somehow Lauren was the only one who ever heard these things. And I was always off somewhere else missing the action. One of the times we were walking on the plane and, and because Audrey's all over the place, we always bring her car seat onto the plane. So I'm like carrying this giant car seat over the seats and Lauren's ahead of me with the girls and, and something goes down with this lady being rude about our kids having to sit next to her on a flight and just all this other foolishness. And I miss all of it because I've got like this dude over here doing dad jokes with me about, oh, is that car seat for you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, these seats are too small. So I want to make sure I can strap in. And we're just like doing this dad joke thing back and forth. And when this lady walks by me, I had no idea what happened. But she was like rude to Lauren and mad about the girls. And, and I was like, I have been waiting for someone to just unload on. I, how, how did I miss it? It's like God sent a dad joke expert to come and just like distract me. So I didn't choose somebody out, but I just wanted somebody to hold my anger for a minute. And don't judge me. Don't look at me. I see you looking at the TV like I thought you were a pastor. I'm still human. Right. And for some of us, that's what we feel like. It's like somebody needs to hold this frustration that I'm, that I'm done. They don't need to hold it all day, but just for a moment, allow me to hand this to you and let you experience what I'm going through. And Paul would remind us, let your gentleness and, you, and your humility be seen in every relationship. Let the way that you treat people be the evidence of your relationship with the Lord. 
And he would remind us of, of how many times he would just he would be caring and kind to the prison cards who were, who were with him. He would remind us of how many times he won families over to the Lord through the guard who was guarding him in prison. How he cared for people and how cities were saved because of, of how he treated the guy who just beat him in prison. It's like Paul lived out what he preached. He, he, he did not slip up. His game was on point. And he would remind us, hey, let the way that you treat people be evidence of the love that God has shown you. The truth is, we can't control the situations that we're in, but we can control the way we treat people. I think that speaks for itself. Verse six, it continues. This is, this is our key verse. This is what's going to make a huge difference, I believe, in your life today. He says this, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. And for some of you, you you think, okay, time out, time out. Like, I do pray. I pray about my situation every day. I pray about what I'm going through every single day. And I, I tell the Lord what's, what's happening and, and I share it. And like, I am doing that. And I don't feel like it's making a difference. And the question that I think we have to ask ourselves today is, is what are we praying about? What are we actually communicating? Are we communicating the details of our struggle? Are we communicating the details of, of the challenges that we're going through? Are we communicating the details of what we want God to change? Are we communicating the details of our hearts? The truth is that we have to pray from the position of of our insecurity and our anxiety. We have to pray with an honest heart. We, We have to pray through our pain, communicate those details to God. You see, we spend so much time praying about our situation, praying about what we're going through, praying about how we want God to change it. God, give me wisdom. God, change this. God, change that. God, if you showed up here, if you help me pay this bill, if you help me get through this situation, if you help me get this promotion, God, if you help me get this job, if you if you save this relationship, if you God, if you just do these things. Then everything would be better. But what's true about uncertainty is that it it reveals what really matters to us. It exposes the depth of what's actually going on on the inside. And this is what I want to challenge you to do as we're talking about prayer today, as we're wrapping up this series about finding hope in the dark. I want you to pray honest prayers. Not prayers about your situation, but take the time to reflect on why that situation even matters to you. And I think for some of you, it would sound a little bit like this. God, God, like, if I'm just being honest, I want, I want you to provide that new job for me because I'm not sure if you're going to provide for me at all. Like, I'm scared of the future that, like, Somehow, some way, you're, you're not going to show up and I'm not going to be able to take care of my family. So that's why this new job means so much to me. 
God, if God, if I'm just being honest, I need that promotion. I want that promotion. I want that rank. I want that position. I want that because God, if I'm just being honest, I need validation that all these years of hard work, someone actually sees it. God, I need all of this that I've done. I need validation to be confident in who I am. That's why I need that position. God, I want this relationship to work so desperately because God, if I'm just being honest with you, I don't know who I am without them. Right? Like that's a different that's a different kind of prayer. God, God, I want this to change because I'm afraid of what the future holds and and I know you say you're faithful and I know these preachers keep telling me how faithful you are, but I, I don't know if I trust that all the way yet, God. I don't I don't know if I can trust you. That's an honest prayer. That's that's praying about what's going on on the inside not trying to change the situation. And you know what happens when we do that? God leans forward and he goes, finally, finally, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's pray about that. Let's pray until the peace comes there. Because you see, God doesn't want to fix the situation around you. He wants to fix what's going on inside you. God is not desperately trying to organize your life in a way to make it easier. He wants to work on you from the inside out. When we pray this way, when we pray this in a way that's transparent and it's honest and it shares the heart of what we're actually dealing with. God, I'm dealing with my insecurities. God, I need this because I'm just struggling internally. When we communicate those things, then God can bring incredible answers to something that's so much more important than just fixing the situation around you. Paul communicates to us. He says, listen, when you pray those kind of prayers, then, then, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding, then he will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. I love the other translation that we read. We read, And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then, that word is so huge for us. When we pray from that position, then that peace that we're all looking for will come. The challenge for you and I as we wrap up today, where do I really need peace in my life? Where do I really need peace? Just just be honest with yourself and be honest with God. If God swooped in and he changed the situation, would that stop you from being fearful of the future? If God came in and he made this situation all work out the way that you hoped he will, would that change the anxiety that you're going through? Would would that job fix your fear of the future? Would your trust in God just be steadfast and overwhelmingly resilient no matter what came if he just fixed this one situation? that's why God wants to get to the heart of the matter. He wants to go, hey, hey, I know this situation is tough. I know this is a struggle, but like, let's get to the root of it. Do you really trust me? 
can we talk about that? Can you pray about that? Can we, can we have a conversation about that? Can we work on that part together? Because when you do that, then the peace of God that transcends all understandings will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. What I want for you and what I want for me is for us to just push past the surface level issues that we're dealing with. It doesn't minimize what you're going through. It doesn't minimize what's on the surface. But God wants to speak to the heart of what you're dealing with. And when we allow him to do that, then the peace that transcends all understanding will come to us. When we're honest, when we're transparent, and we communicate and we pray from a place of our insecurity, our anxiety, our pain, when we communicate from that place, God leans in and he says, finally, we're having the real conversation that I've been waiting to have with you all this time. Come on, church, let's pray. God, I, I thank you for this series I thank you for these reminders that you've been giving me. God, I thank you that you, you continue to pursue my heart, that you see past the surface level issues, you see past the situations that we're in, you see past what we're fighting with. God, you cut through all of that and you see to the heart of where we're actually struggling. And, and you're asking us today to dig deep enough past our pain, to dig deep enough past, past our fear, to dig deep enough past our grief, past our anxiety, to dig in deep enough and see what's actually going on in here. And then for us to begin to pray about it with you. Let us have a conversation with you, the God of all creation, the God who wants nothing more than to heal the deep struggles within our lives. God, when we give you access to those things, then we'll have the peace that Paul had as, as he went through just this catastrophic, chaotic life where he saw so many wins, but God, he saw his full share of losses and struggle. God, he could pin those words because you dealt with the depth of his heart. And we pray that you, you help us do that with you today. God, we, we give you access to our hearts. God, for those who haven't made a decision to follow you, God, today, I pray that you give them the courage to trust you to be the leader of their life, that they would just surrender everything to you and say, God, I can't do it on my own anymore. God, I need you to be the leader of my life. As they pray that prayer, you come into their heart and you become the leader of their lives. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for these words, for this encouragement, for this series that reminds us that we can have hope in the dark. We thank you and we pray all of this. In Jesus' strong and mighty name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey, regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through. Know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. 
We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.